sports animal. Proud to be a cumulus media station. Even if they're not that proud of us. Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. The boys are here. Hey, the boys are here. That's neat. I am Fred Slow. I'll be one of the boys alongside you, friend of the show, up until 7 p.m. this evening when we will hand this program and the airwaves over to one Mike Trujillo of True to the Game. Check him out at 7 p.m. Now, not talking about practice, talking about the game, Van Nunley. Van Nunley, welcome to the show. What it is, my dude, how you be on this beautiful Albuquerque day. Today is a good day. If you're a fan of weather, it's very nice out today. We should have went golfing instead of adulting all day. It's doing stuff. Stuff is the worst Yeah. when it's like not stuff you want to do. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I meant. All right, today's varsity. Okay, we're coming Laundry. in hot. Yeah, today's varsity is the varsity of downer stuff. Oh, I like this. So just stuff that brings you down. All right, so that's today's varsity. Check out today's I-9 varsity. It's 6.45 when we will list all the most downer stuff. Not downer is the gift that Mike Vitale gave you and I today. Um, pretty on brand. Christmas gift to share. A little drinky drink. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Michael Vitale. Welcome to the show. You're welcome. I was just thinking about what you were talking about for the varsity, so I had a brain fart. No, it's okay. What me and uh, Van have to do now is think about how to get you a Christmas gift between this time right now and tomorrow when the show uh, starts. You don't have to do any of well, that at all. we have to. No. Well, you, uh, you, spoiler alert, Vital, I already have one ready, and I wasn't going to bring it until tomorrow. Is it jarred pickles? <laughs> so Fred will be playing the role of the Grinch today in this, in this episode. Because <laughs> every year that I've known Van for the now fourth Christmas that I've known Van. Yep. The now fifth, fifth Christmas, Christmas. Fifth Christmas that I've known Van, he has given jarred pickles, canned pickles. What, what do married couples get each other in the fifth year? This is like a... Cotton. Is it cotton? Gold. Okay. Five cotton rings, four jars of pickles, three disappointed co-hosts, two <laughs> bottles of bourbon. <laughs> and a Vital saying he doesn't want anything. And a beer. Yeah, let's end it like that. So every year, I don't like buying stuff. I don't like aggressive consumerism. Oh, here we go. Here's the so I okay. Like, I like to make things. Hey, Buck is over on KKOB right now. If you want to go over there and do your anti-capitalism spout that you're about to do, okay. When's uh, <laughs> when's my segment? <laughs> right now, go. <laughs> so I make stuff. I make stuff. And you're gonna see tomorrow. No, Vital, you make stuff if you make more than one thing. What Van makes is downer stuff because he only makes one thing. That's and it's, not true whatsoever. It, he makes um, pickled cucumbers 
And that's what he thinks people want. Okay, well, number one, I make multiple things. Do- I make pickles. I make kimchi. I make two different types of hot sauce. Wait, I make salsa. Are you talking and about? I make jelly. Hold on. Are you talking about for Christmas well, gifts salsa. or just <laughs> overall all of it? <laughs> no, you don't. You only make pickles. That's not true whatsoever. I was at your house the other day, and it was you have a normal kitchen, three hundred and sixty days out of the year. For five days out of the year, you have a pickle like jarring production at your home. That's what was going on. And kimchi and hot sauce. Well, I don't know how to identify those things. So jelly. Jelly is tonight. To be fair. Oh, to be fair. Oh. Be fair. I don't know the difference in a Henry Ford style setup like you have of the production line to tell you the difference in Kim's Chi or uh, jellied pickles. It's very obvious. No, nah, it's not. It's very blatant. You know what pickles are. You do not know what kimchi is. So you can easily identify the pickles. Wait, say the word again. Kimchi. Okay, it's not like a progress. It's not a, like a possessive noun. It's, it's not, not. It's not Ken's cheese. That okay? No, I know that's what you heard. Who's this Ken guy, anyways? I just looked up kimchi. It's one word: K I M C H I. Uh, you know, uh, well, according to Google, there's at least three ways to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, is it kimchi? Or is it a tasteless misrepresentation of South Korean food? That's the number one article. Well, I have the best recipe. And I don't have anyone to pass it down to yet uh, because Why is there I, still a... give it to, I still give it to my daughter. She All right. does. All right, weird sentence. Ew. Why is it, will, there... it will be a recipe that's passed down. Why is there a brand of kimchi called Wang Kimchi? No one's going to buy that. <laughs> Wang. <laughs> is it Wang? Wang's a Chinese name, not a Korean name. I don't know enough to know if what you're saying is correct. 505-246-0610. Any uh, Asian linguists out there? Possibly uh, Oriental sociologists? I don't know who could answer that question. East Asian studies? Yeah, who's the professor of East Asian studies? So Gary over there at KOB right now is a history professor. I feel like we could ask him. Let's go ask him. That would be easy enough. I'm going to write a note, and I'm going to hold it up to the window. Yeah. Is is Wang Chinese? I'm just going to just hold that up to the glass (laughs) and see their faces. It'd just be, what? What is this question? Can I have the country of origin, please? What is kimchi cabbage? I just, I don't know, dude. Are you trying to make- Do you like sauerkraut? No. You don't like sauerkraut. Of course not. Okay, so number one, you don't like sauerkraut, and you don't like chili. Uh-huh. And that's basically what it is. Oh, that's... It's spicy Asian sauerkraut. That's so gross to me. It's cabbage and daikon and bok choy. Well, no, the last two words. Onions. Daikon yeah. is a type of metal, I think. Daikon, uh, no, you're thinking of uh, adamantium. Oh. That's what Wolverine was made out of. Maybe I'm thinking of DeWalt. Is that a drill bit? Daikon is an Asian root vegetable. All right, daikon is what you put on the floor when you have ants. That would be decon. Oh. <laughs> Super close. <laughs> they taste similar. Don't ask how I know that. All right, so when you give these gifts, when you give, like, Kim's Chi to people, okay, are they, are they like, still your friend, or is it a different energy? Uh, Well, 
Everyone but you is very appreciative of what I do for them. So I didn't know that you've never offered this. Friend and family, because I know you'd hate it. Oh, you do know. I know you very well. We never really have given Christmas gifts. You one year got me a Ted Danson baseball card. That is correct. Because you know I'm a big cheers mark. Yeah, I got you a Sam Malone rookie card. (laughs) I have it displayed prominently in my home. Nice. Gifts are weird between dudes. All right, Vital, would you like to get a bouquet of flowers? From a guy? From anyone. Oh, from anyone? Yeah. But also, yes, from a guy. I believe a guy would qualify as anyone. Yeah, but it's just. On the text line, friend of the show, Chad, says, I used to date her in high school. I'm assuming he's talking about Kim Chi or Kim Chi Wang. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ask what country she was from. Me and Chad have similar tastes. Last night, we, after this program, went and did the BS show with Buck D and Six. It's a podcast that can be found online. And you're like, well, Fred, why would you go to a podcast? You're on Terrestrial Radio. Why would you slum? Well, it wasn't slumming at all. It was a lot of fun. And we did it with uh, our often co-host, Robert Gibson. The BS show pod is how you find that on social media. Uh, And we were there for a hefty minute. It was uh, three hours long. uh, Laughed a lot. Kind of gave some insight into this program, the origin story of it, kind of our origin story, stuff that maybe if you haven't been here since day one and you want to know a little bit more about your boys, I will tell you that it's a uh, it's a very good resource for that. Uh, a lot of interaction last night from friends of the show that navigated over there to uh, be a part of that with us. And uh, by the end, uh, well, this planet Earth was less 118 pack. Yeah. There's no Wang and no kimchi in that podcast. There was some, actually. Yeah, there was. So, there literally was some. From the text line, from 0826, I'm so glad that Van doesn't know me because pickles are disgusting. Yes. So welcome to Team Fred, text Finally. Me. And I've always said that 0826 is for me. I'm like, that's that's the texture for me. I got a little uh, experimental this year. I did the normal pickles like I always do. That doesn't make, that's with not some, a with some With some dill and onion and garlic and red peppers. And I also made sriracha pickles, Vital. Does that pique your interest? Are you excited? What is that? Are uh, you a sriracha guy? I am not a pickles guy. No. Not a pickles guy? That's what no, I'm saying. I'm no not. one is. Are you slices? Are you spears? Are you holes? Like, what's your energy? Did you say holes? Yeah, like a whole pickle. Oh, a whole pickle. Yeah. Okay. Thought W-H. You meant like, like donut holes. No. But like pickles, like a, a round scoop of pickle. I'll take a donut for Christmas. I agree with Vital. I would also Wait, do that. I got one in my trunk. What are the What are those little little spoons called? Where you core out and you get little balls? A uh, melon baller. Yeah. Could you do that with pickles? Sure. I don't see why not. And then pickle it. You can scoop anything. I don't know, man. <laughs> like you can't julienne a pickle. Not with that attitude. You can't julienne kimchi. That's, <laughs> I don't kimchi's that's, already julienne with Wang. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't Julian your wang. That's for sure. So last night we get home, like we both get home from the podcast. Cool, we're doing the BS show, and you just start like kimchi in a way, or is it? Well, no, kimchi needs to ferment over a month. Oh, j- come on, so, guy. Kimchi. I started <laughs> kimchi the first week of December. Is it alcohol? It could be eventually. I'm going to tell you, right now, I have zero concept of what you're talking about, and I'm really trying. <laughs> that does not surprise me in the slightest. All right, so what? there's pickles, kimchi, and what else did you claim? Uh, hot sauce, two different types of hot sauce. I made a 
habanero chipotle, and then I made a jalapeno nice. tomatillo. Can you do this? Can you bring an extra bottle of hot sauce to this studio? And then zero eight two six. If you text us that you're willing to try one pickle, then we will give you like one of the hot sauces. The hot sauces are top shelf. What does that mean? Again, they're very good. On what Not shelf? Giving them away. The van <laughs> shelf. The same shelf. Produced that Vital by Wayne. got this Tito's vodka from the top. Not an official sponsor of the program. Could be. Could be. What do, who do we got to call? I think Tito. <laughs> Tito's Chi. I'm in on this, though. I'm in, I'm in that the texter thinks you're an idiot, because I agree. And I'm in on the idea that you think giving the same gift every year all your life is is acceptable for an adult because it's not well okay well i get questions year round about making sure that i'm going to do it again this christmas so everyone except for you and the text line is very excited yeah i also ask children (laughs) how their favorite hobby is when i see them too (laughs) how's your pokemon catching going i don't really care and and by the way like any loyal listener or longtime listener knows I'm an idiot already. You oh, friend of the show is aware. You don't have to keep prefacing that over and over again. Five there's, o- there's years of data on this subject of me being a moron. It's no surprise. Do you do other weird stuff while you're preparing it? Like wear the same apron and like make sure you have the same brands of like ingredients. Like you can't like sway away. You can't go from like a butter to a margarine. Are you like that? Like retentive? No. No, 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 I don't do any of that. Okay. I, don't, I don't even own an apron now that I think about it. I just get like disgusting vinegar and pickle juice all over my stuff. It's just everywhere. God, you just you can't climb out of this hole you're digging. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not in a hole whatsoever. You, you have me in a perceived hole that I am not in. You're in a hole. You're in a, a pickle hole of juice. Okay, enough pickle talk. We got Jeff Grammer after the break. We're going to talk Lobos. 4.15, so we're like two minutes away. Fastest commercial break ever. Here we go. I'll, I'll get the sponsors later. We're two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. They have it now. The baseline tap away from behind by KJ Jenkins. He reached around and poked it away from Hawkins. Lobo steal. Singleton. Head up, finds Jenkins, left corner three, in and out, oh! rebound, stick back for Quats, will go, E-Man, dumped man. it, and it went in twice. <laughs> Big win for the good guys last night at home, and you and I, Van, weren't able to be there, and whenever we can't speak confidently about something, we go to the best in the business, and the best in the business is Jeff Grammer, the Albuquerque Journal, and he's joining us on the Quans Auto Care Hotline. Jeffrey, welcome to the program. I appreciate it, guys. I need to get there, get in there in person uh, one of these days soon, but well, I appreciate you guys having me on phone at least. You don't know this yet, but uh, Van's off next week, so I plan on calling you after Christmas and uh, just having you in uh, without the, the like, well, what is Van and his presence? Because I think it'll be a better show. Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the Van and his presence kind of... Uh, Derails. A bit of, well, it's a deterrent. At yeah. Least, you know, <laughs> at, at a deterrent. Segment one, you talk smack about my pickles. <laughs> Segment two, I derail the show. There's a theme today. Okay, December 22nd will forever be known as Screw Van Day. Yes, that's a very good day. Jeff, uh, how was the energy at the pit last night? Uh, fans are coming out. I know it was the last one before the COVID mandate. you feel like that had an impact on who was there? Probably not, to be honest. I've been to a lot of game-before-Christmas games, um, whether that was a day before Christmas or or a couple days, but like if it's a weeknight and it's before Christmas and it's a Norfolk state, that pit has been pretty dead a lot of times. Right. So I don't want to o- go overboard and say it was because of, of the, uh, the vaccine requirement news that broke on Monday, but um, you know, I'm sure that was probably 
part of it. Some people are, are really upset about that. Um, others are not. Half the, half the league has the same requirements in place, including the Thomas and Mack Center, where the Mountain West tournament is going to be played, and a lot of New Mexico fans go each March. So, um, look, you know, that, that's a whole other debate to be had. But I don't think last night was, was a whole lot of um, impact from that, per se, because I've seen a lot of those weeknight games in December when school's out kind of look like that. So the fans that were there, I'll say this, like it, it was Norfolk State, a good team, but come on, it's, it's Norfolk State. The right. Lobos should have beat them by 14 like they did. And um, the energy was pretty good for who was there, and it was because the Lobos actually played defense in the first half. You know, the, They held a, a team that nobody probably could even tell you who their mascot was until they saw it on their jerseys last night, but they held the Spartans to 22.6% shooting. That's really good defense. They were diving for loose balls, they were rebounding, and they were dunking. That's the kind of stuff that like the Lobo fans just want to see. And if, if they do that, a lot of Lobo fans swear that they would you know, be patient. As long as they're playing the right way, they'll be patient. Now, we'll see how, how long that lasts. If, if they A, if the team keeps playing that way, and B, if fans really are patient if they keep losing, but they're playing hard at least. I don't know that fans will have that much patience if they're losing. Speaking of defense, one of the Lobos' best defenders all year, Jethro Muscadin, is no longer with the program. Yep. Um, you know, C- Coach Patino says not a good fit, wish him nothing but the best. I know corporate talk. I know insider talk when I hear it. What's going on with this situation? He was absolutely kicked off the team. He was dismissed from the team. Um, it, it wasn't a, a mutual decision as much as it was, hey, come into my office, i got to talk to you. Um, you know, the players leaving a program often are um, described as mutual decisions, but that essentially means, like, look, one of the two sides usually says either I'm leaving or, hey, you're leaving, and we can announce it like this, and then they agree to announce it in a certain way. But Jeth- Jethro did some things that kind of uh, he buried himself, if you will. The, uh, the, the fact is, even if he was still on the Lobo team, I, I – I have a pretty good feel from talking to people outside of the program that know Jethro very, very well and very personally um, that, you know, he, he probably wouldn't have been playing next semester anyway. And um, I think people could probably read between the lines a little bit on what may have happened. I don't think he would have been playing for the Lobos, even if he was still at UNM, but he's not. He's going to move on and try and find another school to transfer to. Well, I'm sure some more information will come out later for the reasoning, but I assumed it was just to get more playing time because yes. we know Coach Patino is a, a friend of the show, and it's just a, a move to get more playing time for my favorite player, Sebastian, the Swedish street ball forcing. Yes, has to be. I don't think that there's. I look. I, I'll, tell, I'll I'll answer it this way. I can't argue. I can't deny that. I, I don't know if it's true, but I don't know that it's not true. And so, like with Musk, it's done, done. This is not like, hey, we broke up and we're going to get back together. This is there's nothing of that nature. It's this is just kind of the end of the end of the road for for both sides. It is. It's it, yeah. This one's done. This isn't a kind of dip your toe in the transfer portal waters and and if nobody if he doesn't see anything he likes, maybe he decides to come back. This is uh, he, he's gone. He is done. Is Alan Tovar jumping out to you a lot when you're watching these games in person? Well, he is, but he – I don't want to put him in the same boat as Jethro Muscadin because he they, – they aren't having the same disciplinary issues at all. There's an energy issue with, with Jay that is, is similar to what Jethro would have. When Jethro would shut down um, at times when things weren't going his way or he wasn't getting things exactly how he wanted, 
he would he would lose so much energy and kind of mope on the court a little bit, and some fans saw that. Jay has a tendency to do that a little bit too, but that's just a little bit more of who he is in general. He's kind of a, a mean-faced, mean mug kind of guy. Um, even when things are going well, he kind of has that look. And um, he doesn't like playing center. He likes playing forward. Very slight variation between the two positions, frankly. But the biggest one is when you're playing the five, the center spot for the Lobos, you got to have your back to the basket a little bit. you got to wait for the guards to pass it into you. You catch the ball with your back to the basket, and then you got to make your move. Jay's never done that in his career. At junior college, he was a, a, able to play the three-point line facing the basket. When he's had his most success here as a Lobo, it's as a face-up four or stretch four, depending on how you want to call it. But he starts his offense facing the basket and then attacking the rim, as opposed to what traditional centers do, which is a back-to-the-basket. And that slight variation just drives him crazy. He hates having to do the back-to-the-basket thing. So when he plays that position in this offense, he, he kind of shuts down a little bit sometimes, and he kind of looks like he's moping out there, and his energy level goes way down. But, man, when he is on and when he's good, he is as athletic. He's not as athletic as Emmanuel Quach, who who's the most athletic player on the team when healthy, and he's just now getting healthy. Even Patino said last night he's one of the most athletic players he's ever coached, and he's been around some pretty good athletes. But um, Jay Allen Tovar is pretty close, and he when he's on his game, he is a he's a weapon that the Lobos, I think, really need to, to find a way to keep motivated, but it can't be him dictating, look, I won't play that position. He has to you know, kind of do what he's told a little bit, too, as a player. The breakup with Jethro was kind of perfectly timed because the Lobos just got Emmanuel Quach back. What does he bring to the team? And he went out and had himself a game, too, didn't he? He did. And, and the, the good and the bad of, of Emmanuel Quach is this. And he's been here three seasons now. Obviously, last year entirely out of state. And two years ago, he was a freshman that didn't play a whole lot. So last night, it was kind of cool hearing him say in the presser that that was kind of his first pit game. I mean, he's been here longer than any player on the team. And yet, he had never had an experience where the fans were responding to him. He played so little two years ago. Played out of state last year, had his good games, you know, at Air Force Academy playing teams or in Colorado or wherever. And um, this year he's been injured. So his best game so far this year was the game in Las Cruces when, when they beat the Aggies at New Mexico State. And he had a really good game, but it wasn't in the pit. So last night was the first time that a third-year Lobo kind of had pit fans cheering for him. Now, he's been a part of the team, obviously, but he's a guy that – is so energetic and has such bursts of energy in small quantities that he can do what he did last night, about a five or six possession streak where he blocked two shots, had a couple offensive rebounds, had three dunks in about a, I want to say probably about a 10 possession span. He he scored six or eight points, had all these blocks and rebounds. He was doing great, dove for the ball at one point, but he, and it's not that he's out of shape. He is just so 110% kind of guy that he gets tired pretty quickly. Um, he, he doesn't know how to pace himself at all. So he it's hard to say he can play like 30 minutes a game. So now that Jethro's gone, he may have to. They meet, they need more minutes out of him. I don't think they want to rein him in and tell him to pace himself a little bit. But he is a very good player for about three or four-minute stretches. But then he probably needs to go to the bench for a minute or two and, and kind of rest up. And that's the only kind of drawback at this point with him is he's probably not a guy you can play – you know, two media timeouts in a row, like an eight-possession stretch, or I mean an eight-minute stretch, you probably can't keep him in that long. And that's sort of the only drawback because his energy level is next level. Opponent aside, teams that win basketball games can go on streaks. And the Lobos won a couple streaks yesterday, and I'm talking double digits, 
to you know give me give me like a mid like a 14 15 16 point to maybe a basket or two right and yeah. when the lobos can do that you can win i think any team can win a team that can play on streaks is there enough firepower in like Mashburn and House and Quach and, and these guys now to be able to put those kind of runs on a board two, three times a game? Yeah, I think so. I, I think what the best thing going for the Lobos in, in Mountain West play, if you have two guards and like a third person be either another guard or forward, you know, an Emmanuel Quach or KJ Jenkins, but if you have two guards on their game, anytime that Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. are both on a, having a good game, and last night, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible for either one. They didn't, they just didn't play a whole, you know, they didn't play more than 30 minutes like normal. But if those two guards are on, all the Lobos need is one other player to, to give them something, and they'll be in games with all but maybe two of the, the teams in the Mountain West. So they'll have a, a, a chance against most of the league on any given night because of two really good guards. The problem is, you know, those guards can shoot them out of it sometimes too. And, and they've struggled a little bit in recent games. But most nights, I think those two guards alone are going to give the Lobos a chance. I don't, again, they're a year away from really contending, but I don't think that they're going to be out of many games this year at all. COVID-19 is once again wrecking the sports landscape. What are the Lobos trying to do to avoid it affecting their season? Well, I, look, I, I'll, I'll give you guys the heads up here. I think probably around 5 o'clock or so we'll be hearing – some new COVID news out of the Mountain West. I think the league is about to uh, change their policy. As it stands right now, the, the league's policy, and a lot of conferences around the country did this about two months ago, they basically said if a team can't play, unlike last year, if a team couldn't play because of COVID outbreaks or COVID cases on their roster, they um, the, the game would be considered a no contest. It just wouldn't count. This year they said no. It, now, because the vaccine is available to all, we want teams to get vaccinated. So as an incentive to get vaccinated, which about two months ago was still thought vaccine is, is what's going to stop this from, from outbreaks on a team. Then there were variants that the vaccine didn't stop. Certainly mitigates the, the outbreak and mitigates all the, all the things that happen with it, but it doesn't stop you from getting it. So the policy now is in place, and I think it's about to change like within a half hour, is that it's a forfeit. So Colorado State is on a COVID pause right now. They're 10-0. They're ranked 21 in the nation. They're supposed to be here next Tuesday night in the pit. They're not going to play. That game is not going to happen. That's because they're on a COVID pause until Monday. So at least until Monday. They'll, they'll be reevaluated Monday. Maybe it extends beyond that. So the last thing the league wanted to do was have their nationally ranked undefeated team's first loss of the season be a forfeit due to COVID. So the, te- the league today met, and they changed their policies. I don't know the specifics of exactly how they changed it, but I think what they'll do now is instead of saying that's a forfeit, they will attempt to reschedule it. And they won't call it a no contest until they know it can't be played. So I think we're about to get some news within the next 30 or 40 minutes on the new policy for men's and women's basketball in the Mountain West. And I can tell you that I think the chances of next Tuesday's game with Colorado State being played, you know, I guess until they announce it, I'll say it's only 99.9% certain. But I can tell you UNM has already taken the tickets off the off their GoLobos.com website. And if you go into the ticket office, you can't buy a ticket for the game. Uh, bad news for me. I was supposed to receive an award at halftime next Tuesday. <laughs> so you can, you can still go. <laughs> nice. Jeff Grammer at Jeff Grammer spelled the G-E-O-F-F way. Thank you so very much for joining us and uh, gracing us with your knowledge, friend. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. Good dude.
just a wealth of knowledge and talent. It's unfair. He's very good at everything he's passionate about, and I'm jealous of that. As you should be. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men on uh, Sports. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA Center, New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Okay. Okay, from the texter. Okay. So you know that tomorrow is officially two weeks, or one week, I can't remember, officially one week since Spider-Man No Way Home came out okay okay which means i can officially tomorrow start to spoil spider-man so i'm gonna have to go watch spider-man tomorrow is what you're saying because i've given everyone one week you've had one week so here it is from the texter is it okay to see a movie while you're on vacation i have a vacation you want to get away from everything what I don't see why that has so much weight. Say you're at Disney World or whatever, wherever you're at a beach, wherever you're vacationing. Yeah. Is it okay to slip away from vacation to see a movie? Okay, I see the way you posed it like that. Like when we went to Hawaii. To Hawaii. Yeah. Would it be okay to just stop and watch a movie? Correct. Leave the beach. Yes. And go watch Spider-Man. Or the or your ski resort or your where whatever you identify as a vacation. Okay, if you're like in Cleveland or something, no, I'm talking about like a go crazy. The movies is probably your best option. I don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's in Cleveland. Yeah, why are you like that? You're really opposite Cleveland. We talk about a lot of things on this show, and you always are poking fun at Cleveland, and I don't know what about Cleveland hurt you. Okay. But I'm going to need you to back that up just a little bit. Fine. Me and Joe, Joe Burrow. So, anyway, say you're on vacation in Cincinnati. Oh, uh, Ohio again? Like, what? All right, let's do this. Let's pretend there's only 49 <laughs> okay. states. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> Those are both bad examples. Let's say you're on vacation in Columbus. That, I, get, I mean, why? Why here? <laughs> no, I mean if you're like on a far flung vacation in where, Akron where the vacation is the vacation, why did you beat me to it, you jerk? <laughs> when the vacation is the vacation, I think that would be a waste of time. But if you're on like a mid tier vacation, say a large city in Ohio, uh-huh, then yeah, go watch a movie. Again, Ohio. What, did I say something about Ohio? I just, I mean, why Sandusky? Why are you making fun right now? That's where Cedar Point is, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. I think if there's a movie that's culturally relevant enough. Like Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man. Okay. It is absolutely okay. And specifically, if you're like Disney World, it's a million percent okay then. To get away from all those screaming children. No, because it's a Disney movie. Oh, okay. That's why. Or is it Sony? I don't really understand the deal. It doesn't matter. In, uh, Spider-Man's part of the MCU now. Which is Marvel, which is Disney. Which is Marvel, but Sony still gets a cut of only Spider-Man. But also, like, Venom. Venom is not MCU. The villain of Spider-Man. Correct. Venom should be MCU, and I'd be very excited for that. You need to go see the movie, then. <gasps> There's the first spoiler. <laughs> we're one day away from this becoming a spoil-ridden program 
of Spider-Man No Way Home breakdown. I'll break it down like Vital breaks down Green Bay Packers film. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go watch the movie or pirate it tonight. What time does our thing get out? We're going to be at Revel till when? So, Vital, uh, tonight Van and I are judges at the gong show tonight at Revel, okay? So, tonight there's the gong show, and what that is, it's put on by our friend Robert Gibson. And comedians will come up, and they're going to do sets. How long are the sets? What, like five minutes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, they're going to do some-minute sets, and if they're very funny, we will let them continue. And if they're um, not what I identify as funny... Then we gong them. Correct. And you're talking to people under 40 right now because anyone our age and up knows what the gong show is. Of course oh, yeah. we do. Okay. I yeah. See, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for the, for the young blood out there, if for you want to see some really two utes. I mean, come on now. So come and hang out with your boys tonight. We'll be at Revel. Uh, I believe doors open at 6. Show starts at 7. We will get there after the show. So like 7.15-ish. Right. Ish. And then we, uh, we should be gonging each other by like 7.30. Are you guys doing a set with each other? No, we're judging we're, others. We're just, we're just judges. judging. The okay. way it should be. And, and by the way, we don't each have a vote. No. Two men on has a vote. We are a split of a vote. All the oh, other man. judges are one single solitary human being. We are a team. Yes. We're on brand. So that is tonight. I'll be wearing my mask all night because you know how I am in public spaces. We went to the roast battle last week. Yeah. And they sold that thing out. I'm excited to see what it's like tonight. I wore my mask there. So if you want to go, get your tickets, show up early. COVID-19 is uh, taking the sports world by storm, and that's why I mentioned the mask. The NFL today put another 34, is that what I saw? 34 players? Almost 40. Almost 40 players on the reserve? Luckily, the Cincinnati Bengals are doing great, and Joe Burrow was asked about it. They have- he says, quote, fortunately, there's not a ton to do in Cincinnati. No one is going out to clubs and bars and getting COVID every weekend, so we've been healthy. So I'm not the only one crapping on Ohio today. Joe Burrow is also up to the task. The NFL is just going to cancel games. Like those those like Tuesday games that played yesterday? And that oh, extra no, they're Monday not. Game? They're, they're gonna play, the playoffs are going to start as, as on time. You the, watch. The NFLPA said if you cancel – Three games, six teams, roughly 20% of the players in the league. The rest of the league will strike because, like, you have to pay our guys. Because the NFL was like, we're not going to pay. It's kind I'm of not dumb. into that. I'm not into that at all. I'm not into that. That's not a good rule. If your boss tells you you can't come to work, you still get paid. Yes. Now, if you tell your boss you're not coming to work, whole another story. Different. A little different. That's the difference between a lockout and a strike. Actually, I didn't call HR. Am I getting paid next week? Here? That's an excellent question. I've been, asked, I've been asking for months. I said, when will we get paid? <laughs> they said, isn't, isn't fame and fortune overrated? I said, I, I don't even know how to rate it. I just... You don't have that reference. No. You don't have that reference point yet. You have no idea. Also, 
if you think friend of the show that it carries a lot of weight around town to be like, hey, I'm I'm on like a like moderately powered AM signal in town. Doesn't. I still had to pay for my Spider Man ticket. Did you try it? Yes, every time. Every time. You gotta take your shot. Your web shot. What? That wasn't a good one. Hi, I can pickles at home. Would you like some? And then <laughs> trade in for getting a free view. In, in certain circles, that's bigger than this. In the farmer's market circle, Van slays. <laughs> On Christmas. Thank you. You're welcome. More COVID-19 talk when we get back. Dame Busters presents two men on live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Opinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. NBA is canceled. Like all the games? No, they're in limbo. So the next two days, they're canceled, though, right? Or they canceled two a, games. A handful of games okay. have been canceled already. They can't, like, and it's so More bad. Never expected. Joe Johnson is playing now. Yeah, he's 40. He hasn't played since. He's a man. He's 40. When's the last time he played? Playoffs in 18? For real? Has to be. No, it's got to be longer than that. I don't think it's been longer than that. Now everyone's just moving the goalpost. I really don't think I care for this very much. Uh, what aspect? Joe Johnson? No. <laughs> so it's, hey, we got these rules on COVID, right? Like, like bowl teams are dropping out on college football. Like there's, like NFL games are maybe going to be canceled. Maybe they're not. Apparently, there's a new, according to Jeff Grammer, plan for the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyways, because there's a vaccine now. And also, by the way, if everyone would have got on the board, excuse me, on the bus one year ago yesterday, we would be in a drastically different place. It would be way different. Thanks, misinformation. Thanks, Facebook. I don't know why you think... Shout out to your dumbest aunt on Facebook for ruining it for everybody. Why do you think Lauren Hill has anything to do with this? Lauren Hill. Oh, I bet he's in miseducation. Ah. Here's what I'm saying. If you cancel him, you cancel him. Cool. So got to pay your guys. Got to pay him. Got to pay him. Here's who really is hurt. Everyone who surrounds. Because it's... Here's who's not going to get paid. Anyone at the stadium. Concessions. Maintenance. Janitorial. Security. The businesses outside of venues that, you know, we talked about the New Mexico Bowl yesterday, which I thought killed, which I thought was tremendous. Agree. And how good of a job they did keeping their athletes safe and separate and and all those things that go along with COVID protocols. Like, all those businesses? We were in Old Town. Old Town was popping. Masks on everywhere. UTEP gear everywhere that's what i'm saying on this COVID thing whereas you can't keep moving it you can't keep going hey um actually we're considering uh COVID the sniffles now (laughs) the nfl players association was like if this gets any worse we just need to stop testing that's not a solution no but i read something somewhere or i heard that in South Africa, maybe it's not as severe. Well, let me start you right here. 
People who are getting it already have the vaccine. Oh, then what are you getting it? Well, because you keep claiming the vaccine keeps you from getting it. It doesn't. It keeps you from getting it severely. Correct. So, yes, of course it doesn't look severe because people who are getting it have the vaccine. But the people that are in ICU, the people that are intubated, the people who are continuing to die from this are un- unvaccinated. There are people in our lives whose names we won't name who uh, we know have recently got the COVID without vaccines. Was not easy for them. Two weeks in the hospital. I, I just yesterday, literally yesterday, received two phone calls from people asking me about my COVID experience because they just now got diagnosed with COVID. Just yesterday in one day. I don't know that many people. That's not true. That's not true. But of the, of the couple thousand people I know, that's probably a real number. You're going to call me and ask me because you have the same kind of deal I got? Hey, forget loosening it up and figuring it out. I say lock it down. 20% of the NHL currently has COVID. Mike, I can't name anyone in the NHL because I don't watch the NHL, but there are guys playing in the NHL right now that I can't name. I, I, I think I got two. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're retired or not. Hey, Mussolini coming back? I don't know. Grab a break. When we get back, it's top of the hour. We'll reset the program. Two men on 95.9 FM AM 610. The Sports Animal. Five, five o'clock quitting time. I feel like a lot of people take tomorrow off work, too. You're probably done working for a couple days here, right? You would think. If you're still working this week, you probably wish you weren't. The Albuquerque shuts down after the 15th. It just slowly gets more and more closed. That's happening here at Cumulus, here in the building. Sure. There's there's like, it's a ghost town today. And wait till tomorrow. Yeah, even worse. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to go through all the production studios and just do some wire management. Because you know it's my number one pet peeve, and I'm going to have to go through and just make sure everything is coiled in place and hidden properly. You ever seen like wire porn on Reddit? Yes, obviously. I'm obsessed with it. Do you screenshot them and keep them for future viewing, or you just watch them the once? Um, so I, I get like a real watery taste in my mouth when I see them, and that's how I, I recall them. I can do it like emotionally. <laughs> do you have like a weird pet peeve like that? That That's mine. Like people who like don't manage their wire. You see how I store my wires like in my bag and yeah, like, yeah. I don't I don't mess around. I'm probably somewhere in the middle on that. I want my wires to be nice-ish, but they don't have to be like bundled by color. Yeah, mine are Stuff that. like that. Yeah, you are. That's a weird one. It's obsessive compulsive disorder is what it's called. No, it's Fred. not. It's just I need them to function properly. <laughs> Have you ever gone into like someone's like home office and they're like, I can't figure out why this thing's not? I'm like, well, can we figure out this wire mess first? Because then I could work. Then you could figure it out. Because it could be anything right now. Insulation. Figure it out. Le'Veon Bell is coming back to the NFL. That's a big deal because you said, Van, he was thinking about just calling it quits altogether. Yeah, he was uh, going to go into celebrity boxing before the Bucks gave him a Shut call. Shut up. No he, no, he wasn't. Yes, he was going to go into celebrity boxing. This is a true story. Somebody's reporting that? Yes. Who is reporting that? I did just now. Yeah, okay, you are not the source of this. As a reporter, you're, I just al- reported. Also, you're not a reporter. You talked about it to the national hurt, media. Words, words hurt, Fred. <laughs> What is it? Give me, give me one example of something you reported on. 
Uh, I reported to Vital that I'm making him pickles okay. for Christmas. No, that's corresponded. Oh. I well, thought it I was corresponded. <laughs> you're at best opinion. At best, your opinion. Well, I fancy myself a storyteller, an entertainer. Yeah. That's what I would say. That's how I would identify. So Leonard Fournette, or not Leonard Fournette. So Le'Veon Bell is on the comeback. And here's the thing. People are like, well, he's old. He's washed up. Hey, Le'Veon Bell is 29. 29. Like, he, he comes off as, like, 40, but he's not. So he's on the comeback because my favorite football player of all time, Gardner Minshew's best friend, Leonard Fournette, is he's out with the hamstring. A few weeks. And then... Giovanni Bernard, who used to play a lot, then started playing a little. He's out with the knee. So cool. Let's go Le'Veon Bell. But I'm telling you, I think it's the wrong decision. Because if what you're saying is true, and he could have came back as a professional boxer, although no one should try to box Jake Paul. He's unreal. We'll see when he actually fights a boxer. Tyron Woodley cannot box. No, he could fight. Can't box. Cannot box. Le'Veon Bell called out Jake Paul. Called him out for what? Winning all the time? Being the man? Living the dream? Putting a sport that has fallen to all but irrelevancy back into relevancy? Le'Veon Bell, 6'1", 225. Okay, I mean, that's that's pretty measurable. Let's see Jake Paul's stats. You can... Oh, 6'1", 240. Yeah, a boxer's 242. 240 as well. I know that gets confusing when you say it that way. And Jake Paul, who is the best of all time at everything he ever tries. Jeez. Oh, he's not? That's hard to hear out loud. It's a fact. He was like, he was like you know what I think I'm going to do with YouTube? Become the best at it? Did. You know what I think I'm going to do with boxing? Become the best at it? Has. You know what I think I'm going to do with your mom? Become the best at it? Did. You're saying Jake Paul's your stepdad? I, I mean, in, or at least stepdad-in-law. So, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell says, I'm tired of watching him outbox people who don't even want to box. If he want a boxing match, a real one, he'd fight me, period. Stop fighting small dudes who can't box. Hold on, Le'Veon Bell's saying he a boxer now? Le'Veon Bell's a football player. Ron Bell is more of a boxer than Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell <laughs> is not a boxer. You're welcome. And he's telling Jake Paul, quit fighting people who aren't boxers. Fight me, another not boxer. So stupid. This is so dumb. You know who Jake Paul's not going to fight? A boxer? Yes. Ever. But also, that's the thing about, like, celebrity now, and specifically celebrity athlete. Just get famous enough to fight Jake Paul, and you're set because you get paid forever. And, like, fan of, like, sports is listening to this program right now, like, friend of the show, and they're like, well, Fred, I can play with seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. I'm going to tell you, friend of the show, like I tell you every time, athletes don't care about winning. They only care about money. Do you want – oh, you're super wrong on that one. And everybody oh, yeah? Knows it. But you're not wrong either. <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of professional athletes. You know a couple of professional athletes. They don't let – me, let me put this in a fair way. 
They don't pay their bar tab with Super Bowl championships. They yes, pay their yes, they do. They pay their they bar literally tab do. with with fat paychecks. That's the more famous and the richer you are, the less you pay for. Right, we're talking about if capitalism have, again. Here you, you go. Have, if you have a Super Bowl ring on your finger mm-hmm. and you're in a major sports city, you do not pay for a meal. You do not pay for a drink. There is a long line of people who want to buy you that meal, who yeah. want to buy you that drink so they could tell the story about how they bought a plate of nachos and a beer you for, think, for boxing legend Le'Veon Bell. For, with your logic, with Van's logic, Dan Marino is walking around Miami like pay, like paying his own tab all the time? Because he's, he's not, never won a Super Bowl? Yeah, he's not paying at all. Okay. You're talking about Dan Marino. I'm talking about all kinds of guys. You're not talking about the backup punter. It's Dan Marino. Pat McAfee got Finkel paid. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> it's one of the best freakout scenes of all time. It says the dog lays down on the picture, Michael, and that's how he knows that Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. That's what I'm saying. Winning does not matter to professional athletes. I'm telling you. 505-246-0610. Any professional athletes listening right now, Call and tell Fred he's a fool. If if John Jones is listening right now, he's driving around Albuquerque, which I don't know if he's currently in town. If he's driving around Albuquerque and he's like, no, nah, I don't think I would uh, take a boxing match against Jake Paul that uh, that seems beneath me, I would call him a liar because he would. Oh, my God, he'd demolish him. He would absolutely demolish him. Oh he's got God. the reach. He's got the size. He knows how to box. And the paycheck is better than anything. And by the way, he's the best one at UFC. Better than anything the UFC's paid him. Because that's where the money is at and what Jake Paul is doing. And that's why a professional athlete wants to get to just high enough level, Nate Robinson, to where you can go and do it and not have to do your dumb sport and practice five days a week. You know who I'd like to see box Jake Paul? <laughs> okay, who? It's unfortunate because they're only 5'8". Holly Holm. Holly Holm. Yes. So I would love to see Holly Holm pick apart Jake Paul. Let's start a campaign. That would be must-see TV. I will put, let me reach into my pocket right now. I have $10 I will put to boost my Twitter post. (laughs) Hey, Jake Paul, at Holly Holm if you're bad. That's all it would take. And he'd say something like, I can't hit a lady. And Holly Holm would say, yeah, I can watch like a lady. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. That's one. I'm just, I'm convinced. And by, hey, cool for Le'Veon Bell. He's played with Tom Brady. He'll probably win a Super Bowl here in five minutes. Super cool. Would he rather get paid whatever Tyron Woodley just made? Look that up. Let's find out Tyron Woodley's payday for that. A lot. It has to be a lot. Because that's the move that makes sense. Because no one wants to work every day. And like, if you're like, it's my passion. Guaranteed two mil plus incentives, which aren't out yet. To do. Two million. Yeah. To do what? Hang out for a round? Knocked clean. All right. He did. You know what? He got the worst of it. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. And it's kind of like, I'm going to say it's a embarrassing because he's a professional fighter like he should be able to be like no i'm cool 
But he wasn't cool. And that Ben Askren cat that you thought was like had a shot in the beginning because Jake Paul hadn't really beat up anyone yet, just only like other sporty guys. This just proves that UFC is not boxing. All right, he's he's done this. What was it two solid years now of this? Is it three years he's already been doing this? And then training for years before that? Like, it's time to get a real fight, dude. Oh, my God. There was a $500,000 payout clause from Jake Paul to Tyron Woodley if Jake Paul knocked out Tyron Woodley. A lot of people think it's rigged. That has to be rigged. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Vitel? Oh, but that's kind of crazy. They, had they done this before? Not to my knowledge. All right. I feel like it was a like a Showtime thing or something. People saying that like he tipped off Tyron to know the the big punch is coming. There's video yeah. showing like he twisted his hand and like nodded at the same. Shut time. up. Yeah, I got the video right here. They're saying it is rigged. Well, here's the thing. It's not competition. It's entertainment. So I don't care if it's rigged. That, yeah. mean, that means nothing to me if it's rigged. So, duh, the, I mean, the huge WWE fan yeah. does not care if it's rigged or not. <laughs> See, he does. He twists his gloves in like that and then nods. What does in like that mean? Like He just twists it. Why would you ever do that throughout a fight? Just twist your gloves in like that. If you, I mean, obviously, we're not on television. We're on radio. Yeah. So I will describe this. He twists. He you know, has his hands in front of him. In a boxer stance. One would think. And he twists his thumbs all the way into each other and then nods. Like at, he's doing the. At Woodley. The like last. He's like, he's like, hey, it's coming he's now. He's tipping him off. And then the very next punch, he knocks him out. All right. You and I are 40 years old, right? Would you take a knockout across the world by what a lot of people claim is a loser? But I'm telling you, Jake Paul is not a loser. He's the biggest winner. Well. On the he is his promotion is genius. His for, marketing's genius. For two point five mil. He got five. Yeah, Paul did. Paul got five. Yeah, but Woodley got two and a half to take the L and you know, have a ringer throughout the holidays. And every single punch, every cross, every hook that Paul threw, Woodley had his hand up. But after that signal and nod, he just drops his hand. Content's going to get a little bit heavier on the other side of the break. Is speaking of head blows, we're going to talk a little bit about Vincent Jackson. Uh, so get ready for that pivot. After that, Jordan Mosley will be joining us. He's the offensive lineman, or he's a. He's not the. He's an offensive lineman for the Duke City Gladiators. Also, he has a uh, he has a reoccurring role. Re- reoccurring? That's not the right word. Let me try. It only but, occurred once. Yeah, but he plays multiple roles in American Underdog, which is the Kurt Warner story that comes out on Saturday, on Christmas Day. Yep. So we're going to have Jordan on. And by the way, really like him. So we're going to have him on to talk about uh, what it's like to, to film a Hollywood movie and obviously the Duke City Gliders and all the things that go along with that. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We were just talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their acquisition of Le'Veon Bell. Um, it's a little dark here for a second. So, Buc- former Buccaneer wide receiver Vincent Jackson, who you recall also played with the San Diego Chargers van. Sure. 
uh, retired from football in 2016. So, time, I mean, time flies. It seems like he was just there the other day. That's correct. Uh, he passed away in February. Okay. So, uh, after passing away, uh, autopsies, right? Sure. So, February 15th, um, that's when he was found dead. So, Valentine's Day. So, after his family reported him missing, um, he was like in a hotel room for a month, and that was the situation. So, last week, the Concussion Legacy Foundation, uh, they're the individuals, I think the one paid for by the NFL. So, this is not private. This is the NFL one. They said he definitely has stage two CTE, and that really messes up how your brain works. You cannot Correct. think. Anything past stage one is troubling. Stage four is basically brain dead. Yeah. So two and three are bad. But not like brain dead, brain dead. Like you still have like function. Sure. But you don't have like, what is that called? Cognitive thought? Is that what it is? Where you yeah. can, like, why imagination works. You know, like what sets yes. What sets us apart from primates exactly. is, is that we can picture things that aren't physically in front it of us renders uh your frontal lobe useless once you get to stage four that's what separates us from mammals oh wait uh cause of death uh i guess al alcohol is that what you saw chronic alcohol abuse um when he passed he had 0.28 blood alcohol level that seems high it's very high. It's almost four times the legal limit. And that's a kind of amount that could, like, kill a smaller person. If you weren't used to drinking like that, and if you weren't a retired professional athlete, that's enough alcohol in your system to kill somebody. Jackson's widow, Lindsay Jackson, who, by the way, Vincent Jackson was up for, like, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award when he played. Uh, did a ton of charitable efforts around San Diego and Florida. Quote, by, note, by donating his brain to the VABU CLF Brain Bank, we hope to continue to see advancements in CTE research, enabling physicians to diagnose the disease in the living and ultimately find treatment options in the future. There's still a lot to be understood about CTE, and the education is key to prevention. The conversation around this topic needs to be more prevalent, and our family hopes that others will feel comfortable and supported when talking about CTE moving forward. There's not a way currently to diagnose CTE in living individuals. Uh, suspected. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of hints, there's a lot of data you can get, but until you can analyze the brain, you never know for sure. It's drastic change, right? Because you can go from what you are to to what you become, and you're like, well, what do you mean, Fred? Like, to be in the NFL, you have to be disciplined, and you have to be hardworking, and you have to have a bunch of natural gifts, obviously. But then there's often, and the examples I usually give are all pro wrestling, because that's my familiarity to CTE, you can go to like depressed and difficult and aggressive and violent and paranoid, par paranoid, what's that word where you're paranoid all the time? Paranoid. Like that is what like engulfs you. Yeah. And you change 
as a person and you don't understand why you're going through these changes. And that makes you react like a lot of people who had advanced CTE over the past few years react. How do you react if you're the NFL? How do you react if you're the NFL PA? Because uh, I'm about to use a word that's going to sound real gross, commonplace. Yes. Um, I forget the study. What was it? Uh, 109 out of 112 brains studied all had CTE. I thought it was 109 out of 110, but you could be correct. Okay. Something like that. They're not making enough drastic changes. And it's it comes down to money. Yeah. Like it's a multi-billion dollar industry. No one wants to lose their piece of the pie. No one wants to put in jeopardy this product that is America's darling. If you recall, in April, Philip Adams, who was an NFL cornerback, killed six including himself yes and then his diagnosis was severe cte in the frontal lobe you can't just bang your head against the wall and think that you're going to be okay well when when the last couple big studies came out in 2015 and 2016 um i forget what it's called uh international rugby federation maybe world world rugby council the World Rugby Council drastically changed the rules of the game, drastically changed uh, the penalties for, for illegal tackles, had a worldwide push of information and awareness for CTE that hasn't been done in any other sport. They, the World Rugby Council went into 119 countries to educate people on proper tackling, avoiding head trauma, CTE. If the NFL were to do something big like this and have a trickle-down effect all through college sports and prep sports and Pop Warner and changing the landscape of the way football is played to protect the players, I think it could be effective. You can't just sit around on your hands and wait for equipment to to have a big leap in technology mm -hmm. you can't just cut checks for the disabled retirees of the nfl and just eat that as well because you have generation after generation coming up and the the, the game of football might look different in the future but you got to know that you're protecting the people who play the game i i think a conversation that's not had often enough about the game of football is the thing that has changed over the last, what are we at, 80 years? Over the last 70 years of this game is the players. Like the field has not changed. Like the dimensions has not changed. And it's a thing where it's the players now, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger than ever. They're not used car salesmen in the offseason. And like offensive linemen who weigh 350 pounds and are six foot eight can run sub 540s and they can hit you with a velocity that is not safe and the game didn't used to be that right and i think you're at a point where you have to i think widen the field i think you have to like give these guys because they're bigger and faster and stronger more space to operate because it's so contained and it's so calculated at this point where you just can't and then there's a huge double standard where say you make a big hit in the nfl 
Like, you're going to be fine for that. Like, you're a defensive player. And then two years later, the NFL will put out a T-shirt celebrating that moment, and they'll make a ton of money off of it. And you think, this is kind of gross, and this is kind of weird. Right. Grab a break. Jordan Mosley is waiting for us. That is correct, says Michael on the other side of the glass. When we get back, we're going to talk to Jordan Mosley, offensive lineman for the Duke City Gladiators, about his role in American Underdog. So that's going to be kind of fun. We're going to talk about his uh, acting capabilities and obviously, he does a podcast outside of this program. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk about what's going on with the Gladiators. Dave Busters presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. This- Back on the program. Joining us on the Quans Auto Care Highline. Offensive line, big number 56 for your Duke City Gladiators. Jordan Mosley. Jordan, welcome to the program. What's going on, Fred? Good afternoon. Good What's afternoon. going on, Albuquerque? Good afternoon, my very good friend. We're excited to have you on because uh, we were doing an event uh, last week. We were we were part of an event, and, and the Duke City Gladiators were there, and you guys were donating a bunch of stuffed animals to first responders here in Albuquerque. As uh, It's the program, Vital, is, uh, the first responders give the stuffed animals to the kids during traumatic situations. And we got talking a little bit, and Jordan, you mentioned uh, you're in the uh, this new upcoming American Underdog, and we were like, well, let's have Jordan on, talk about everything you do outside of football, and, and this is one of those things. So, Jordan, tell us what it's like to, to be in a, a big Hollywood movie. Man, it's really, honestly, uh, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. And um, secondly, uh, it's a really humbling opportunity. It's a really humbling, uh, you know, moment, to be honest with you, because of the fact that, you know, this is my second one I've done in as many years. I also uh, did a lot of football stunt acting and safety, which came out on Disney Plus or a slightly smaller platform. But to know the fact that I just watched the the, uh, trailer for the movie just come across the commercial about three and a half, four minutes ago and know that, I'm pretty significantly in it from a football playing standpoint. It's really humbling and it's super exciting. Very grateful. Jordan, how did you segue in from just being a player to being a player on screen? How did how did that work out in the beginning? Okay, um, in so many words, I got an opportunity via uh, basically just like, like word of mouth from a friend of mine in Atlanta, Georgia. He was telling me at the time I was doing private security contracting. He said, man, when you come back to the city this week, they got these tryouts for this movie. We're playing football in the movie. They're going to play us to play football in the movie. But it's choreographed. So I was like, okay, cool. I didn't think it would be that difficult. I went on. um, I got on with a company by the name of Game Changing Films out of Atlanta. And um, from there, did a casting and then made it to the casting. Obviously, you basically, casting means you basically have to look the part. I'm 6'4", like 330. I looked the part came on and um from there got fitted for my sizes and things of that nature and then two weeks later we were filming for safety in south georgia in a in a mcdonough georgia right outside of uh, henry county now jordan you and i we're pretty good friends and and i know you're you're like a smart dude like i'm i think there's a stereotype in the world of football to where it's like that's a jock that's a whatever whenever you're going into these movie roles are you negotiating like contracts or is it like a standard like how does that work on the other side you don't have to give us numbers but how does that work oh no i understand i mean it's you know it's not that serious you know you know me now you know yeah. me personally from home with God, but uh it's really like it's a set number that they agree upon with all of the different football actors uh we're based i don't even know what you would technically call it but i guess to be technical is just like an athletic stunt man. You know what I okay. mean? So to be an athletic stunt man, you come in for a set amount of money. Um, I guess 
for the for the situation that we just did for American Underdog. In so many words, we came in in a quarantine safe bubble because the COVID thing was real big at the time. We did four weeks in Oklahoma City. We did two weeks in Dallas. We shot all the NFL stuff at uh, Dallas. You know what I'm saying? At, uh, at the Star in Frisco. It's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? The Cowboys are super gracious to allow us to do that. And uh, you know, we went from there. It was pretty cool. The United Jordans podcast on YouTube. You can find that really easy. It's just the United Jordans podcast. IFL Weekly. The Untied Jordans. The Untied oh, I'm Jordans. Sorry. Like a pair of shoes. Like a pair of shoes. Right. I... Basically, the reason why I came up with the name Untied Jordans. My name is Jordan, obviously. For those who didn't know, and then from there. I feel like I know a whole hell of a lot about sports. So my job, I feel like when I come on air, especially when I podcast for the Untied Jordans podcast, is to tie together all the loose in different topics about sports by way of my opinion and other opinions of people that I have on via interviews and panels and things of that nature. Let me apologize a hundred times over. It is absolutely, it's the Untied Jordans podcast. I, I have dyslexia, yeah, right. apparently. It's cool. And then IFL Weekly with Jordan Mosley. And uh, Instagram is the best way to follow you. So it's at SportsHost99 underscore. Um, and that's where like Jordan's updates outside of the Gladiators are. Exactly, exactly. The IFL Weekly with Jordan Mosley. Um, I got 13 episodes on there. I had everybody who was anybody in the IFL this year. I had the offensive player, the defensive player of the year. I had the IFL leading sack getter. I also had the IFL MVP, and I had eight of the starting 16 all IFL selections on my podcast. Coaches, general managers as well. So I, I'm safe to say there's no person who strives more personally on a standalone level to cover the IFL more like myself. I so. Jordan, I literally have a pair of untied Jordans on right now. Well, there you go. I got, I'm rocking the I'm rocking the fire red threes today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As far as Jordans go, I like 14s, I like 12s, and I like 11s, and and because they fit my feet well. Me personally, my favorite pair of all time are the uh, Indiglo 14s, all black with the real, real neon green Jordan, like all black with white trim, like my favorite. Oh, shoes. those are sweet. Three. I'm a three, four, and eleven guy. I feel you. I mean, we're bigger guys, you know what I'm saying? For those who don't know, Fred's like six seven, six eight. He's a tall guy. So big. with that being said, like, you know, with, with us guys, we like to wear a Jordan that looks more that looks more linear on our foot than just really fat on our foot. So I understand. Sure. And, and another thing about Fred, Fred's from St. Louis, if you didn't know that already. And before the Rams no, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And before the Rams ripped his heart out Correct. when he left St. Louis. Correct. Left me he was that. the biggest Kurt Warner fan of all time. All time. Did you get a chance oh, to yeah, meet man. Say that again. Go did, ahead. Did, did, <clears throat> you, uh, did you get a chance to meet the real Kurt Warner, or did you just work with uh, the actor who played Kurt Warner, Zachary Levi? Right. Right. Zachary Levi, totally cool dude, really down to earth. Um, he has some, for those who don't know who Zachary Levi is just by name, he has some acting role. He had a major acting role in one of the Marvel movies. I forget the character he played, but because um, I'm not a big Marvel fan, but he was a super down to earth guy. The quarterbacking, it took a little time to learn to, for him to learn how to actually do it, but he was a champion the whole way through. You know what I'm saying? He was really cool, really down to earth. He just he wanted to do his very best to just fit in with us as all the football guys because this is a set where when you guys see the movie, you know what I'm saying? I can't say too much, but 
it's football. Y'all gonna know you watching good football. I can't say that much without getting in trouble from from the position that I have. But by the same token, me and Tur- me and Kurt Warner was really cool, super humble, down there. Guy I had opportunity to meet his wife. Every time you saw him, you saw her as well. And um, in a particular time, I saw him. They were sitting with the executive producer, and one of the directors, one of the Irwin brothers, and um, they were you know just going over some stuff that they were seeing from what we were filming, just trying to make sure it looked the part. And he was super cool guy. You know, he's a big guy in person. You know, he looks like he definitely looks like an NFL quarterback for sure. Uh, Zachary Levi was Shazam. Shazam played Shazam. very good. Exactly, yeah. exactly, he was, exactly. He played one of them characters. He, yeah. was, he was Shazam. He was Shazam. Uh, I interviewed Kurt Warner at the Super Bowl the year he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and having Kurt Warner on the program at the time, uh, just only the most humbling conversation, which was incredible because, you know, after the career that he had, and, and you'll obviously you can get the whole story in American Underdog, but he only paid homage to others, like on his journey. And that really stood out to me as like a special kind of characteristic. Jordan, you played with a lot of quarterbacks in your day, uh, you know, at the high school level, collegiate level, professionally. Um, it takes a certain type to be a quarterback. Have you ever been exposed to – to someone who reminded you of Kurt Warner, like like personality wise and, and intelligence wise, for sure. Um, starting all the way back at the high school level, I played with a guy by the name of B.J. Phillips. He was uh, this is 2006 now, so that he was six six, like two thirty. He ended up going to Chapel Hill, but he wasn't like he was a good quarterback, but he wasn't a hard nosed guy. And at the time, he ended up playing baseball. You know what I'm saying? He was an excellent first baseman. And then I got to college. Played with my quarterback, uh, Keon Wallace from Miami, Florida. He was, as far as him, I'm going to give a tie to, I got three up, two other quarterbacks, and I'll give a tie to just Kurt Warner for one trait. As far as Keon and Kurt were concerned, were, were compared to one another, both very humble and down to earth. You know what I'm saying? Super Wallace comes from one of the toughest parts of Miami, Florida. So he was just a super humble, down to earth guy. Uh, you know, professionally, two different guys. I think off the top of my head, um, a guy that I consider my brother, Charles McCullough, just his competitive drive although he wants to bring everybody along. Like you just mentioned, Kurt Warner put himself in a position to where he mentioned all the different people of the greatest show on surface, coaches, et cetera. Charles is the same exact way. He's the all-time leading passer in our league, but he'll never mention the greatness of himself versus the greatness of all the different people who helped him amass the numbers for him to be at the point he's at now. And then the last guy I can think of off the top of my head is Nate Davis, who I just played with and am currently playing with here in Duke City in relation, and I can say the same about Charles and the same about Keon, but in relation to just arm talent, you know, like Kurt Warner is one of those guys where you ask him to put, you ask him to throw any particular route, and I've seen this man throw the ball now with back in February and March in person. He could still throw a football, like, really well. You know what I mean? So it's a situation where, you know, those are the, those are the different ties that I can take and add to quarterbacks that I've been a part of at those three levels that I can compare to Kurt. Super small business we live in. Uh, I believe Charles just signed with the Billings Outlaws, who I used to broadcast for. So, yeah, yeah super small world. Okay, cool. yeah, who knew? Small world. Small world. Speaking, small of, world. speaking of a small business and speaking of uh, arena football, we're going to talk a little bit of Gladiators. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the media stuff that you do uh, after the break. So let's do that. We'll grab it. We'll be right back with more Jordan Mosley on the program. We're two men on talking the Duke City Gladiators on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back live on the program, and we are with our friend Jordan Mosley, number 56 for your Duke City Gladiators. That's why I can't. That, I'm no Vernon Coons. I'm no Vernon Coons. I can't do it. I don't have it in me. 
So, uh, Jordan, we were talking to you before the break about your upcoming role slash roles in American Underdog and, and kind of your experience working in the, the, well, the movie industry. But you're here in Albuquerque. You're in Albuquerque and now. The Duke City Gladiators are everywhere. Uh, talk a little bit about, like, like how you've, you've come in to be part of the community and the Duke City Gladiators and, and kind of what Albuquerque means to you. Well, I mean, you know, I got here in May 1st. Uh, this is not the first time that I've lived in the southwestern United States. Uh, I spent time in Phoenix playing for the Arizona Rattlers. Uh, lived out in Phoenix for eight months. So very familiar with the heat, very familiar with this dry cold that we're dealing with right now. So that was cool. That wasn't nothing bad to deal with. Um, Community-wise, I do a lot of, uh, and if anybody's interested in now currently and like now presently and going forward at the top of the year, I do a lot of like motivational public speaking, uh, a lot of different speaking engagements, uh, specifically when you see a lot of, of the recent uh, Duke City Gladiator uh, advertisements on the internet, our Facebook page, our Instagram page, uh, things of that nature, you'll see myself talking or you hear my voice over over uh, different events going on. And I also do a uh, private defensive and offensive line coaching through my own, uh, through my own private LLC uh, coach Jordan football consultation. So like CJFC, you know, I coach kids anywhere from the age of 12 all the way to like, not really big time, but like small time, like NFL draft prep, understanding being, being able to help kids and help, even other older players and older guys understand, um, you know, the different nuances of how to be able to properly play the offensive and defensive line positions from the, I would say, you know, end of middle school, early high school level, collegiately and even professionally and, and with, especially within the arena realm as well. So. Last year, the first year in the IFL for the Duke City <laughs> Gladiators and made it all the way to the semifinals in the playoffs. Do you guys, uh, do you have the same core as you did last year, this year? We know QB Nate is back. We know a few of the key pieces are back. What's the outlook looking like this season? Well, right now I can just tell you, uh, in, you know, in a general sense, uh, you know, our outlook is the fact, you know, we're just we're just a very, hunt, like the guys who are in the fold, we're a very hungry group of men trying to, um, you know, just, I guess, I don't even know how to put it in the words as far as like the analogy, but there's one stone left turned. We want to make sure that there aren't any left unturned next year in the IFL in one sentence. And that's specifically with spearheading the, the, the entity that is the Arizona Rattlers and, you know, being able to, you know, understand that, you know, Vegas is here, you know, Frisco would be around. Uh, trying to think Spokane, obviously, you know, different teams of that nature, you know, but by the same token, we know who's out there. We know who's in front of us and we know what we're trying to get accomplished based upon the very bitter taste that is left in our mouth from how we felt we had a kind of a not so, you know, not so. Not glorious. On the, the up, and up, yeah. on the up and up type of ending of last season. We're, we're very, we, we, we really feel a type of way about that. Jordan, so. you got the skill set to play really anywhere in the NFL. I mean, you're at that level. You, you could start for literally every team. What about Albuquerque has captured you? What about Albuquerque has said, hey, we are the spot for Jordan Mosley? Well, I mean, to be frank with you, Fred, man, I'm I'm kind of nomadic with things. This is city number 36. I've lived in over three countries over the last nine years professionally come 2022. That being said, um, Albuquerque services me in a multitude of different fashions that I'm not normally used to in the sense of being able to have the, the, the comfortability within the community, being able to have the connectivity within the franchise and the fact that we're so deeply entrenched in what we want to do as champions of our community 
within the Duke City Gladiators and then, you know, just on my own personal endeavors, being able to have a, a community that I can be able to reach out to through through particular channels of network that I've that I've gained and that I've built for myself here and be able to get a positive reverb and get a positive and get a positive reaction from people and then, you know, that also leads to certain things being able to be an improvement from a from a financial standpoint, which also which is, you know, everybody enjoys that part too. Besides bringing a championship to the Duke City fans, what's next for Jordan Mosley? To be frank with you, that's a great question. Um, I'm at a point where I'll be nine years professionally in 2022. I still have a plethora of gas in the left in the proverbial tank, if you will. My passion and my love for the game hasn't changed. But by the grace of God, I'm 31 years old. You know, I'm legally single. I'm not married. You know what I'm saying? I am taken. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not married yet. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any kids. So it's a situation where the world is my oyster in relation to being able to take things in a couple of different directions. As of now, I know that I'm going, I'm getting back fully into the podcast space because once again, as I said on my Instagram the other day, I'm not impressed by anybody that I see doing standalone podcast work that isn't financially funded by somebody. Somebody doing it from a brick-and-mortar standpoint, haven't seen anything that impressed me. So I'm jumping back into the podcast space fully. I'm getting ready for the 2022 campaign and planning on having just as dominant of a campaign, if not more dominant. So I plan on kicking a lot of people's teeth down their throat. And then from there, just being able to be continue to champion myself through the community and be able to help the Duke City Gladiators continue to champion ourselves as a franchise through this community that supports us and that we love and appreciate the support that we get back so greatly from Albuquerque. How about that little taste of Hollywood? Are you still hungry for some more? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm always willing to do that. You know, as of now, I mean, if they if I was in like closer like more west, you know what I'm saying? You know, they just did a, a All American. I had a group of friends of mine that I know that delve in a lot of different professional arena football circles that I also delve in. They just did All American and stuff like that. So, you know, but me personally, I like doing the movies because it makes more sense. You make more money for less amount of time, and then you get to meet people that, quite frankly, you only gonna see on television. Now, granted, you can go to NFL games and stuff like that, but most of today's stars you're not making a movie about because they're still making their fame and starting to whatever they're gonna want to do with their careers. For somebody to potentially want to make a movie, like the Irwin brothers did about Kurt Warner, but you know, meeting people like him. Me, people like Ray Ray Mickelrathby from Clemson. If you know his story personally, like those are really cool people that you will only ever see on TV. We are right out. So being able to do those, being able to do those things like that is definitely what I want to keep doing going forward. We're up, in against, that space. We're up against it, Jay. Last question before I go, and it's yes or no only. If you were asked to be a henchman in a movie and get beat up by a Marvel superhero, would you do it? Yes. Yeah, I love that. I got bills to pay. That, that's my guy right there. <laughs> I got bills to pay, bro. In one sentence, I got bills to pay. So hell yeah, Jordan. Sure. Jordan Mosley, that's my dude. Appreciate you so much. Let's grab a break. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Jordan. For sure. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men on ninety-five point nine FM AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Dave and Buster's presents Two Men on. We are live. From the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We play on Team I 9 Sports and we start our day at the YMCA. Corvid, Corvid, Corvid. That's all there is in the news. Now it's ruining your bowl season. 
Michigan and Georgia in peril. The Gator Bowl, Texas A&M Aggies are already out. They do not have enough healthy players to fill the team for the Gator Bowl. So now the Gator Bowl is struggling to find a replacement for Texas A&M. They gave the first shot to Rutgers. Who? Rutgers said, "What? no thank you. Our team is garbage and we don't want the Corvids. I was paraphrasing, of course. Where's the Gator Bowl at in, in Jacksonville? In Florida, it's where in, there's it, Gators. It's in Jacksonville. The Shad Khan said, why don't you just put the University of Illinois in there? That's where I went to college. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Illinois threw in their hat. Uh, who else? No one worth mentioning, except there is one team worth mentioning, Michael. That team is your team. Wisconsin? No, the New Mexico <laughs> State Aggies. Oh. And I love this idea. First off, give the Lobos a shot. But a very logical and reasonable replacement would either be New Mexico State or Utah State because they're both the Aggies, Texas A&M Aggies, Utah State Aggies, and Vital's team, the New Mexico State Aggies. You don't have to replace any pamphlets. Right. You don't have to change any commercials because the Aggies are being replaced by the Aggies. Just Problem say, solved. You're I, welcome. That's how I feel. Have you been sipping on something? No, you you get so you're like, hey Jerry, Jerry killed the new coach. Yeah. Hey Jerry, just t- I know you've never coached a game for these boys. <laughs> Take them over there. What if they win? Yeah, that would be crazy. That's what I'm saying. I'm surprised a lot of these five and seven teams aren't just lining up, just holding their hands up high, like pick me, pick me, pick me. We want all this big bowl game money. What is the big difference in a five and seventeen and a two and ten New Mexico State team? Well, three wins. Yeah, that's like nothing really. Three wins. If we're making different. bowl exceptions, I think it's it uh it's Cinderella story. That's what I'm saying. Here's my idea. Here's my real idea. I'm declaring New Mexico State Aggies national champions. That's how I see it. Hey, uh, Georgia-Michigan is in jeopardy, too. They're, they're both having a uh, breakout. Oh, Michigan's going to be the college football champion without ever playing a single game. Here's what they need to do. If you need to field another competitive team, you say, Hey, Alabama. Hey, Nick. Take a phone call, Nick. I got an idea. And you say, hey, can we get all of your third and fourth string players and use them (laughs) for one game? Yeah. Just Alabama's third and fourth string players are probably better than Wake Forest. Hey, for real. Not going to lie here. NCAA right now could just look into the transfer portal and find, like, enough talented kids. Yes. Yeah. Just put together, like, like they do at the Olympics when it's – uh, the the Confederation of Russian Athletes, but it's not the Russians. You're talking about union busting. You're talking about scabs. As long as these kids get paid, that's all that matters to me. I think we're going to see a lot more cancellations. We're already seeing it in the NFL. It's making its way through college basketball. Obviously, everyone knows the NFL has their problems. They just shut down the NHL. Take a week off, guys. 
don't die, you know. And now it's happening to your bowl season. Brett Bielma, who coaches the University of Illinois. And again, Sean Khan, Jacksonville, playing in his stadium. Like it's the whole it's a perfect storm. Illinois, five and seven. Brett Bielma tweeted, he goes, waiting by my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'd be in on I'd be in on just like like if the Illini showed up and just like put it on Wake Forest. And I'd be like number one, I'd be the most surprised ever of all things. What day is it? Are the Lions playing that oh, day? No, it's a it's like on the thirty first. It's like a bit it's like a big T V one. Yeah, the Gator Bowl has been a pretty big deal for a long time. That's like second tier of the national championship games. It's like yeah, it's, one st- like one step mm-hmm. below the big dogs. I say I, I'm throwing the Detroit Lions hat in there. Pro team? Yeah. Just put, put the Detroit Lions up against Wake Forest. It'll be a pretty big spread, but I like Wake Forest's chances. Well, that's it's not like you think it is, though, because now that the Lions are winning every game they play, it never really matters because they're not a joke anymore. Nah, they're still a joke. Okay, well, right there in Jacksonville is also a two-win team in the Jaguars. You don't even have to fly them anywhere. Just go with them. That's that, an excellent point. That's the better joke. Jaguars second stringers versus Wake Forest. Or you could just play like a flag football game. Say, all right, guys, we're just going to grab 20 dudes off the street. No offensive or defensive line. Let's have some fun with it. You get half of your tickets reimbursed. Half of your ticket price reimbursed. If you're an Illinois fan and you get put in last minute, like, do you make the trip down to Jacksonville? hundred percent. Yeah. Of course you do. And you're like pumped. Yeah. And then you go to Florida and bring back all the Corvids because it's Florida. We have this thing tonight at Revel, which I'm like pretty excited about. Sure. And I will be if you, if friend of the show comes to like hang out or whatever, which by the way we would love. They're gonna be talking me through my mask, and then after tonight, I'm taking a rapid test because I'm a warrior, and then I'm doing nothing until January second. I'm hiding out. It's coming. That's what I'm saying. It's coming. This one put you in a tough way. If you got your mask on all night tonight, how are you going to drink all these Bud Lights that they got lined up for you? Uh, I brought a straw. A nice. You cut a hole in your mask. No. It defeats the purpose, man. It defeats the purpose. Also, the way my <laughs> beard is, I don't super trust my mask. It's a really good point. Because my beard, you know, I got like a puffy beard. You're getting thicker. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's winter, winter weight. Yeah, it's winter. Winter weight beard. So it's like my mask is like if you put like a... Like a cloth for the like a dishcloth over like a Brillo pad. That's what my mask on my beard is like. That's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, like there's some air that can get through there. You gotta be real careful. Sure. My lady is a doctor. So I was like, hey, let me get one of those N ninety fives. And she's like, Fred, these are for medical situations. Yeah, we already have a worldwide shortage. <laughs> I was like, no, I want to play don't with need one for your comedy show when you and your friends are playing. That's what I said. <laughs> He's like, babe, I want to play with my friends. <laughs> She's like, I can get you an N95R or whatever the second tier one was. I was like, no, I want the good one. The little breathy boy on it. I'll just put my cool two-man-on mask around it. It's a really good point. 
Put Illinois in. If you don't, all right, in this order, New Mexico State, Utah State, then Illinois. That's how you fill, that's how you fill this one out. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I don't think I've ever agreed with you more than that. Illinois is like a perfect fit, but hey, Aggies replacing the Aggies. That's, that's, that's top the shelf. story. That's top shelf. And the way, I think because. How many wins did Utah State get? This year? Yeah. I'd have to look at them. I'm going to consult the Googs on that one. The thing that makes it the thing for me with New Mexico State is Jerry Kill. Because, like, you would be like, hey, Jerry, you get no practices. You don't know the names of all the kids yet. But why don't you go down there? Because when's the last time he coached? 2015? Is that when he was in Minnesota, Mike? You would know. Last time he was a head coach, yeah, but he was assistant at TCU the last couple of years. I guess that counts to someone. TCU is a good program, too. I mean, that is actually kind of a good point. And you probably, being a TCU, have an idea about how to coach against like a big, like Wake Forest big team. Oh, also, my bad. Or my good. Utah State won the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Oh, I knew that. But you play him again. You play him again. The first team to ever go 2-0 and in bowl games. We're making exceptions. Why not? Sure. I'm in on that. Syracuse, just put them in there. I don't care. Plus, I mean, they're Utah. So you know how, like, BYU and Utah State, their players are, like, 40. Dude, they just yeah. got back from their mission. Like, they, are, they are older. You get all their families get to go to Florida and have fun and go on another vacation. You went to L.A., now you get to go to Florida. When That's you, fun. You say families because all their players are married with kids already. Exactly. They're all yeah. 35 years old, married with children, just got back from their Mormon mission. Now they're going to play football. Yeah. But, like, their misses are like, they're like – now, Jebediah, do you really need to go down there and play? Because I think we should start putting in that IRA. <laughs> and like like Joseph or John or whoever. Like, well, it, Jebediah Jr. Thank you. Yeah. He's like, Daddy. <laughs> That's my Utah accent. Anyways, COVID's everywhere. Texas A&M's weird. Tomorrow we're doing our year in review show. We're very excited about that. Uh, that's because this is Van's last program of the calendar year. Yeah. Because you are going on vacation next week. That is correct. They, uh, uh, holiday weekends are kind of like a fun sporting weekend, and we're going to talk about that when we get back from the break. What uh, what excites us about sports over the holiday weekend, Van? Yeah. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On, and we are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. All right, Ben, this just came across the email. So, obviously, we're, like, texter heavy. But, uh, you know, we have professional emails or subscribe to professional things. From Lobo Athletics. Quote, the Mountain West announced Wednesday that the Colorado State New Mexico men's basketball game scheduled for December 28th at the pit has been postponed due to COVID-19 related concerns with the Colorado State program. If the game cannot be rescheduled, it would be declared a no contest. If you have tickets, hold on to them. They're still going to be good. New Mexico will now open the Mountain West schedule on January 1st, and that's at Nevada. And then the boys will be back on January the 8th, and that will be against – that would – that would – they'll – will become the home opener against Utah State. So there you go. So that game won't be made up? It depends. So it looks like if they can fit it in, it will. Now, um, because I know everyone was concerned, I was supposed to accept 
my award during the women's game. And it sounds like that's still on. So well, the women's is still on. Yeah, so it looks like I actually, uh, I'm still going to be an award winner. Well, how about that? Also, I don't really know what the award's for. I think it's for the station. I don't it's, think it's for me. It has nothing to do with you whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't going to burst your bubble, but. And, well, actually, what I think it is, is I was the only one that's not leaving town for the holiday. Right. And they said, Fred, because you're not leaving town for the holiday. Sure. And Michael said, I don't, Michael's like, if I don't have to get out of the office, I don't want to. And they asked, obviously asked Mike Vital first. They obviously did. And he turned them down. And then naturally they go to me next. And I said, well, I'm going to be out of town. Did you ask Fred? And then they said, we weren't planning on it. That's right. But I guess. I think I could possibly be the first in the history of sports or award recipients to be booed. Especially at a women's game. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the like, <laughs> yeah. so so Dylan Storm will be like, and from two men on on six ten the sports animal Fred's and before he can say slow, it'll be boo. They're like, wait, which Fred? Slow. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> they'll be like the lobos. The lady lobos will be like for your continued support of the program and not not voice of the lady lobos JJ Buck. Who hosts the morning show here? Please do not throw anything onto the court. Yeah, that, that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, and it was with great disappointment and dishonor that we present to you Fred Slow for this prestigious award. It's going to be a reverse malice at the palace, where fans from the stands just come down and beat you up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when the cheering will start, and I'll feel like, You're like, yay, yeah, yeah. they do love me. I'm thinking Getting about beat up. Yeah, I'm thinking about when I get the award, doing like a lap around, like the logo, and be like, yeah, let's go, Lady Lobos. That's a good idea. Yeah, you should definitely do something like that. I should definitely do something because lots of people accept awards, accept the award, and get the crowd going. That's what go, I'm saying. Lobos. It's, what is well. What now? There's like an interpretive like chicken dance, but it's like woof woof woof, right? I could do, I could lead the pit in that. Yes. <laughs> woof 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 woof. I think if I were to work with the band on that, I could I could figure it out. I be, I guarantee you the band knows the chicken dance. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they know chopsticks also. You know what I don't know? What if they didn't what? know the kimchi song? Do they know that? I don't have a. I don't think I have a cherry red hoodie. Because I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need that. I need to look the part. Because I, yeah. you know, I'm not like I'm not wear. I'm not wear like supporting colors to a game professionally. I wear just like white guy clothes. Sure, sure, sure. But this is different. I think I need to be in cherry red, not silver. Well, you need cherry a, red. Yeah, cherry. Uh, you need a cherry blazer. Is what you need. Yeah, that is very correct. What yeah. a cherry sweater you would look better in that. But I mean it's pretty typical that Vitel's right though. Lobo coaches. I think Patino broke the tradition. Lobo basketball coaches historically have worn red blazers. Cherry blazers, excuse me. Yeah, like Cardinals Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah. St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah. Uh or anyone who plays for a red team. Cherry red. Yeah. Cardinal red and cherry red, I believe, are different. Are they? Yeah, cardinal red is darker. It's a little darker. Is it darker? It's darker. Yeah, because Wisconsin is oh, like cardinal past. red. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like Stanford. 
It's not New Mexico State Crimson. That's even darker. That's red. a whole other conversation. See, that's a different color completely. What? Is, that's like a maroony. Yeah, it's maroon. Crimson? Burgundy, if you will. Yeah. They More call yeah. it crimson. Maroon. Wine? Do they call it wine? Could be. It's like a, a Merlot. Yeah, that's what or it's Or it's literally of... a burgundy. <laughs> There's also a wine called burgundy. Okay. Burgundy is a color. And, and it's also a wine. You're thinking it's of called orange. Maroon. Burgundy's also a region. So not orange. You've been marooned on a boat. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You've been dark redded on an island. In crimson. Well, you can be like you can be dark red on an island unless it's from the dark redded region of France. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's just sparkling red. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good bit. It's very good. That's the that's the deal with the Lobos game. So if you're intending on giving Lobos tickets for Tuesday the 28th for the boys, like as a stocking stuffer, they don't switch it to the girls. Yeah, like get yeah switch it to the girls. So I guess I'm still on for that. So that's exciting. Frank Gore did one of those like celebrity boxing things, right? Got knocked out. Oh, he didn't get knocked out. He got progressively beat up over four rounds. If you're the Lobos, do you like move Ron Williams? By Deron Williams, yeah. yeah. If you're the Lobos, do you move the ladies to the primetime spot then? Because they had the two o'clock game, but now there's no other game. So do you move them to the five o'clock game or seven or whatever? Usually, I would say yes, but it's uh, Christmas week. Probably, uh, people had to allot some time to be there. Yeah, so they're like, we already planned on being here at two, bro. Like, why are you messing this up for us? COVID is the answer. And with the last 24 months, is that too many months? No, that's about right. 23 months. Like, I feel like people are used to COVID is the reason. Talk. Reason for the season? Yeah. And it's like, it's the same response every time, right? Where it's like, hey, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. Oh, I hate those. But that's what it is with the COVID, right? Especially as it relates to sport. Game time has not been changed yet. It's still 2 o'clock. Okay. We were watching. We didn't talk about it much, but those football games last night, that was that whole conversation during those was COVID. Because they, they obviously the times and the games, they were impacted by right. the players. Everything is COVID. There's nothing that is not COVID right now. We should switch up to varsity. To what? Things that aren't COVID. I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be like, we would come back at six forty-five. I'd be like, "Welcome back to the program. Good night, everybody. GG. Cheese is COVID. Also, <laughs> yeah. Unless it's from the COVID region of France. And then after that, it's just sparkling milk. <laughs> we didn't get to it. We'll get to it after the break. Um, we're talking about what ex- what sports stuff excites you over Christmas pretty excited about that one because i got i got some hot takes Ooh, good dave and busters presents two men on and we are live from the john lopez real estate and coldwell banker legacy studio we're powered by new mexico opinion coffee we play on team i9 and we start our days at the ymca of central new mexico 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal back on the program from the texter if fred gets booed it's karma for picking on the pickling skills of van 
<laughs> well, zero three one seven. Who are right, well? I tell you, if you put your name, then I'm gonna put it out there. That's from Craig. Craig put his name, so Craig is out there now. Shout out, Craig. Thanks for getting my back. <laughs> no, not shout out, Craig. I'm not getting. No one's booing me. <laughs> I exposed you for the for the pickle for the jar filling pickling weirdo that you are. Pickling fans unite. If you like if you like pickles, if you like kimchi, if you like homemade hot sauce, show up to the Lobo game on the 28th and boo Fred Slow. Okay. <laughs> well, buy a ticket as long as you're in the building. All right. Fred's a wrestling fan and he likes to go heel anyways, so he'll get a kick out of it. He'll get a kick out of it. Boom, boom, boom. All right. We were talking about Christmas. So I am taking Christmas off. Michael, are you taking Christmas off? You don't I have, have a show to do, but I'm going home in about I have three hours of work on Saturday morning. Oh, my gosh. You a football game? No. Ryan's show. They, you guys are not working on Christmas. Ryan's Jared, doing a show on Christmas? Jared's got it down. Shut up. No. Ebenezer Tamari. Over yeah, there. I don't. That's, <laughs> that is unacceptable. I would have a conversation with upper management about that immediately. Do you get time and a half? Don't answer that on air. That's JC's birthday. You know, my friend JC, that's his birthday. Take a day. I really can't believe that. Cool guy, by the way. JC? Yeah. Most people say so. So. There's a lot of sports on Christmas. Do you guys in, like incorporate sports into like your holidays? Is that like a thing you budget time and resources for? Especially Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving football, right? Like, yep. Now Christmas. We football. just got lucky this year that they're stacking the NFL calendar on Christmas. That's a bonus. You know whose feelings are super hurt? <laughs> Who? The National Basketball Association. Christmas Day, like that's when I start watching basketball. Not yeah. just you. That's when I start paying attention to the season. I was like, okay, these are the favorites. These are the up and comers. Yeah, like these, five games in one day. These are the must see young guys. But now NFL is just raining all over their parade by having three, count them, three games on Christmas Day. They have three? I don't think they have three. It's a triple header, isn't it, Vital? Uh, two. Oh, it's just, just two? two games. Yeah, Packers oh, and Browns, and the, liar. the night, the Saturday night game will be. Oh, I forgot. So it's two thirty. The Browns go to Green Bay, and that's the two thirty game. And then the six fifteen game is the Colts go to Arizona. Right. I thought there was another one. Now, whoopsie. You two are losers, and you care about the Packers. If it's not your team. Because none of these are my team. I don't factor in football time. I factor in, like, Christmas parade time. I factor in It's a Wonderful lifetime. I factor in uh, the possibility of, of shooting my eye out. Like, I don't factor in football time on Christmas. That's That seems preposterous. Well, this is an extra bonus for me that the Packers are playing on Christmas. Right. Because as you know, me and Mikey... Or Packers fan, loser. So it's a now if, extra little if Christmas a WC, miracle. A WCW thing was on. You would watch it. You're, that's your favorite thing. Woman See, Crush Wednesday. Yeah, what is that? What's going to be Saturday? Our W <laughs> wrestling. So WWE. There, there you go. Yeah, if there is like Christmas on a Monday, there's still Monday Night Raw. 
But I don't ever watch wrestling live anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like an extra bonus treat because, as I've previously stated, and as a loyal listener knows, I'm a Packers fan. Yes, loser. But also, my brother-in-law and sister are Bears fans. And you know it's a rough oh, year to man. be a, it's a rough year to be yeah. a Bears fan. Every year. So we just get to sit around and eat delicious food and have wonderful beverages and laugh and have a good time and watch the Packers win another game. It's an extra little bonus, <laughs> a little dig. Stick it to your bear just family. Just a little, a little dig, nothing big. So it's because you don't like your family. That's why you watch sports. Uh, that's not it at all. Oh. Usually when there's sports on on a holiday and I'm with my family, we put the game on the television with no volume. Yeah, so I'm we, in on that. And we play music. I'm 100% in on that. We have that. background music and... Background we, TV with we, no volume. Exactly. Yeah, background TV, a little music yeah, playing, works. getting festive, having a good time. There is... Talking, joking, not just staring at the television. Literally nothing worse than a TV with volume in a group setting. If you are the person who has the TV with volume during a group setting, we first of all, we're not friends. So I'm not at your home experiencing this. But that, to me, that is a huge deal breaker. This time last year, we were all watching The Mandalorian together. Yes. So that was a kind of stare at a rectangle moment with all of us. But we don't do that a lot. It's not our jam. So I would wake up at 5 a.m. on Fridays and watch The Mandalorian. We like My family likes to get decadent and play board games and laugh and tell jokes. Isn't that a Pearl Jam song? Decadent board games? No. Here's what I'm saying. It sounds like some kind of hipster acting troupe. Decadence? Hey, season. Hey, uh, hey, Seattle. We're decadent board games. We're here for the, the best improv comedy you've ever seen. We'll be right back to pick you up. <laughs> it's by Disturbed. The, I think there's one day where you have to factor in sports on a holiday. And the day changes, every, but it's March 31st. So that's like the one day. Because that's opening day. It's opening day this year? Yeah. Okay. So opening day. Usually first week of April. It's March 31st this year. That's fun. Daylight savings or something. I have no idea. Sweet. That's the one for me. Where it's like it's all sports. No matter what. But Thanksgiving? Nope. Thanksgiving's for the fam. Christmas is for the fam. But it's also kind of for the NBA. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Who? Yeah. So... Do I care about the Hawks and the Knicks? I don't. I'm a Knicks guy, but I don't know anyone on the Hawks. I can't tell you about the Hawks. Do I care about the Celtics and the Bucks? I don't. I like seeing the defending champ, so, like, the NBA knows what they're doing. The two best teams in the league, the Warriors and the Suns, are going to play. That's going to be a good game. That's the one. That'll probably be the first game that I watch significant minutes of. And not just read about and look at the box score. Now, because <laughs> that's what I've been doing all year so far. Same. And if the NBA is smart, and they are, they'll do something crazy like let Kyrie come back and play on away games. And oh my God, the Nets are at the Lakers on Christmas Day, and that's the like best TV you're going to see. I'll tune in for that. Uh, he can't play in California, isn't that correct? I don't that's know. That's true. He can't. New York, Toronto, and well, California. Uh, they're changing the rules every five minutes. That's so a very good point. Also. Dallas at Utah, I will admit that Utah is the best team in the NBA, but you don't see their highlights on SportsCenter because they're so boring. It's weird to me how an entire franchise can be boring forever. (laughs) 
The coolest thing about the Utah Jazz is when Carl Malone hit a diamond cutter on Dennis Rodman at SummerSlam 97 to put the NWO in the grave finally and give Diamond Dallas Page a chance to be a champion of the world. Speaking of Utah, I saw a really cool stat. Johnny Utah lost the championship game. John Stockton played all 82 games in a season 15 times. That's pretty good. That's more than LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, and Shaq combined. That's Iron Man. Wow. Well, load management. That's insane. It's a different game. And if, like, those Utah Jazz teams that John Stockton was on, they're garbage without John Stockton. Yes, that's true. Those other guys you just talked about, they can take a night off. Right. Yeah. Michael Jordan could take a night off because he had, I don't know, talent around him. John Stockton could not because he only had Carl Malone. It was him and Carl Malone for years. Yeah. The pick and roll, that's all. I swear, if we get one phone call talking about Jeff Hornacek, I'm going to lose it <laughs> right now. Byron Scott. Yeah. Byron Russell, right? Russell, sorry. Yeah. Those teams were not good. They went to the finals one year. They went to the finals every year. No, Houston would mess with them a little bit. When Jordan was playing baseball, Houston was dominating. Well, still, it's that conference, though. Yeah. Yeah. There was like It was them, Portland, Seattle, Washington, that, that was, Washington, Utah. That was like the late 90s West. Yeah. All very good. The Clyde Drexler Blazers were fun to watch. Oh, yes. They played a different brand of basketball. And then when he went to Houston, although like a little older in a different game, still very good. Yeah. He's a legend. You know, it's like when Michael Jordan came back to play for the Wizards and everyone was like, he's tarnished his career. He was garbage. Well, he was an all-star. Well, he averaged over 20. Well, he was the man still. It was just a different game. It wasn't the Jordan you were used to. Sure. If there, if there was a player not named Michael Jordan that averaged Michael Jordan's numbers at Washington for an entire career, that would be an all-star basketball player. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. That would be a Hall of Fame basketball player. I do think there's that energy on Clyde Drexler. But I think Carl Malone caught that with the Lakers. The glove caught that with the Lakers. That's a good point. Wrapping it up before we head to Revel. We're at Revel tonight for the gong show. Last segment is today's I-9 varsity. It's the varsity of just downer stuff. Debbie Downer. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's, it's a man. It's a bummer, man. Dave and Busters presents Two Men on Downer Stuff. Mer. Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Good program today. Thank you to Jeff Grammer for taking the time. Talking a little Lobo basketball. Again, the game on the 28th canceled. The men's game on the 28th canceled because Colorado State is having some COVID issues. So that is that is the approach that they're taking over there. Thank you to Jordan Mosley who joined us. Talked a little bit about his role in the new, uh, it's not a documentary. What is it called? Just a movie? Biopic. A biopic? Uh, sure. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Warner's new biopic. So he came over, he talked about starring, well, starring, acting in that. Obviously, everything that's going on with the Duke City Gladiators. Today's I-9 Varsity is the uh, Varsity just downer stuff. 
League Office 280 at i9sports.com or call the office 505-312-4999. Uh, I9, we talk about it regularly, but I9 Sports is a really good youth servicing program that teaches the fundamentals of the game to kids that are being introduced to the game. And you're like, well, what game, Fred? Well, like all of them. They do all of the sports over there. All right, you want to go first? You go first. Babe. You want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay, I'll go Normally first. you have me go first. I'd like you to go first. First on my I-9 varsity mm-hmm. of downer stuff. Yeah, just downer stuff. Just like bummers, you know? Yeah, bummer. I'll go with the Segway. You remember the Segway? Yeah, I'm familiar with the Segway. Not the uh, literary technique where no, you no, go no. from one idea to the other. Yeah. The Segway, the machine. Mm-hmm. The two-wheeled machine that was supposed to be the future of transportation. Fat Joe's favorite machine. That everyone was going to travel on, but they broke, and everyone got hurt, and they never went anywhere, and now the only people who use them, that is Paul Blart. He's going to ignore my lean-back joke. And go slow motion for me? All right. I'm going to say, like, I don't know, maybe like... Winning the lottery, but then, like, dying the next day. Okay, that's very niche. Yeah, well, I said it's, like, that's pretty downer stuff. Okay. Yeah, that'd be sad. That'd be very sad. Yeah. Yeah, like, just dying is a pretty big downer. Yeah, but like, you, you just won the lottery right before. With or without. Yeah. Died the next day. Next on my I-9 varsity of downers, mm-hmm. bummers. I'll go with Y2K. Oh, yeah. Super disappointing. Isn't that a bummer? Yeah. Like, nothing happened. Like, basically nothing. Nothing happened. It didn't change anything at all whatsoever. That was a real downer. Nothing at all happened. Have you ever been in a situation where you had, like, a Chardonnay, and there was, like, a black fly in your Chardonnay? I would say that's, like, a significant downer to me. It's like downer stuff. I can't believe I didn't get it the first one, but now it's very good. It's strong work. It's very strong work. <laughs> this is something that I've done every four years uh-huh. of my entire life. That's always a downer, mm-hmm. always a bummer. New driver's license pick. Wasting my vote on a third-party candidate. Yeah, that's a big downer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that one. First Obama <laughs> got me. Was it a third party? Bernie, Bernie. Well, no, that's the only time I haven't voted third party. Oh, okay. Was the first Obama. Got me every time. Third party candidates never even get close. What a waste. What a bummer. You know, it was like kind of like a, some downer stuff. Like, say say you're on death row. Uh-huh. Okay? So then you got like a death row pardon. That'd be great. But what if it was like, I don't know, two minutes too late? That'd be a real downer. That'd be a downer, man. Vital, you picking up on this yet? No, he's not. No, he's not even paying attention. Mike, um, it's really depressing me. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the planet Xena? Uh, it was a Star Trek show, I remember. Oh, okay, no. The planet Xena was on the other side of Pluto, and it was supposed to be way bigger than we anticipated it being. No, I have no clue what you're talking about. We discovered another planet on the other side of Pluto, and it was going to, a lot of talk that it was going to be the 10th planet, because mm-hmm. it was big enough to be a planet. Yeah. And all the, the estimates were that it's going to be this huge, rocky body, very moon-like, way out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. 
But once I did some more research, it was basically the same size as Pluto. Ah. So instead of finding a tenth planet, they designated Pluto and Xena as dwarf planets. Oh, it's a real downer. So instead of nine planets, we well, got eight now. Yeah. Could have had ten. I don't like that. Planet Xena was just a just a downer. You know, that one is like that one's pretty universal. But I would say another universal downer is like like say you're getting married, like it's your wedding day. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and it's like rain on your wedding day. Well, it's like rain. Yeah. On your wedding day. You know, I had a couple more, maybe like and I'm not trying to cut you off. No, it's okay. But have you ever been in a situation where you can get like a free ride? But you've already paid. Mm. Maybe like if someone were to offer you some like good advice. And you just, there's no way you could take it. No, you just didn't take. You just can't take. Yeah, just. All right, hear me out. You pack your suitcase, okay? All right. And like you kiss your kids goodbye. And you've like waited, like, I don't know, like your whole damn life to take a flight. But then as, like, the plane crashes down, like, that's a downer. Hmm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. How about Ryan Leaf's career? Okay, that one's, I mean, that one's very specific. That's hyper-specific. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been, like, going somewhere and you're in traffic? It's like a traffic jam when you're already late. Oh, right, 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 right. Like when you have a drink, man, sometimes you'll partake in a cigarette. But what if there's a no smoking sign? No smoking sign. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a bummer. During that cigarette break. It's a it's a it's a it's a bummer, man. You ever been in a situation where you needed a knife, man? Okay, what time is it? It is <laughs> 6:53. Yes. At 6:51, <laughs> the text line figured out your clever ruse oh good you have used a couple lines from the song isn't it ironic <laughs> oh good show shot out from martin in the rio community thank you thanks martin martin, <laughs> martin figured you out just a shade after i did from the 1996 alanis morissette banger ironic off the jagged little pill out al- album who I, the first concert i ever saw was alanis morissette in the can't not tour tour so there you go. Little Alanis Morissette insight. It'll always be with you. you should, that's no, no, that's a different. Alanis Morissette will always be inside you. That's a, that's very much a different what artist. That's not even close. It's very life is a very funny, funny way of helping you out. So <laughs> I can't. You ever try to keep a straight face through a bit? Sure. That one lost me. Good program today. COVID's tough right now. Holidays are coming up. Take next, like, I'm going to say it to, like, the friend of the show. Take necessary risk right now. It's being advised if you got the vaccine and you got, if you're double vaxxed and you got the booster, like, I'm not suggesting anyone goes to, like, several hundred people parties right now. Yeah. What I am suggesting is, like, see your family, see your loved ones, take care of yourself, take care of others, especially if you're traveling. Tomorrow's a big travel day. Big travel day. Do the right thing. Be real smart. Care for each other. Mike Trujillo's coming up after us. He's going to do a real good job tonight. I'm sure. 
I know he watched. So he's on the air during Tuesday night football. He can give you the hard-hitting analysis. Sure. It's hard for me to be like, well, I think I think Gilbert looks strong against, against who? Who's he throwing against? Third stringers? Four stringers? Well, we were on air for three hours yesterday, and then we had to go do another three-hour podcast right after. Right. There's no wiggle room for football in there. No. In the highlights this morning, it's tough to watch highlights with all the COVID news because it's this coach and this coach. They're out. They're quote-unquote working from home. I don't even know what that means. How do you coach from home? Uh, it's kind of the same, just less pacing, I think. You just sit there with your, your tablet open instead of running around on the field. Are you going to make time for the John Madden documentary on Fox on Christmas? Eventually. Yeah. Not on Christmas. It's on Christmas. Oh, it's one day only? I don't know how Fox <laughs> streaming works, but you know they're going to make it like more difficult than it needs to be to get to. Oh, really? Like Fox does? Yeah, that. they do that. Oh. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Let's do a segment on it. Let's give it a week. Yeah. Like we do, let's give it a week. Got to give it one week. One week solid. Because John Madden, to me, is not a football coach. John Madden, to me, is a video game. And I know there's a lot of listener out there who's like, no, John Madden's a football coach. I'm really excited to watch the documentary and see if the guy from the video game is the same guy that's the coach. So that's going to be... Yes, it is. No spoilers, though. In this order, this is no John... No text me and tell me if that's the same guy. It, I'm telling you on the air it is. In, in this order... No, you haven't seen the documentary. I'm already knowing. John Madden is a video game. Then he's an announcer, then he's a coach, and yeah. it's in that order. Yeah. And if you say it's like a different order, which you can. That's fine. It's because we, we like, well, number one, we're not the same age. That's fine. I yeah. Mean, you're wrong. But you're wrong. It's, it's fine. It's neat that that guy from that video game is getting a documentary on Christmas. That's pretty cool, right? Grab a break. Your boys are, he used to coach, too. Your boys are at Revel tonight. Mike Trujillo is taking over. Van, any final words before we go? Oh, my goodness, my friend. Too much for the time allotted. Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.